0: Hello, and welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And, you know, the idea of the soul of business kind of came as a consequence of some work I was doing very early on when I was writing my book, Compassionate Capitalism, and I was looking for a tagline. Uh, And it was a question of which actually came first, because I actually did have the tagline, Journey to the Soul of Business. And so, uh, we kind of bounced back and forth a little bit on that, and uh, Soul of Business, uh, Journey to the Soul of Business became the tagline. Um, this whole notion of compassion, you know, capitalism, almost an oxymoron, uh, but also the presence of, or the non-presence, if you will, in some cases, of soul in a business environment uh, is what gave birth to this podcast. Uh, so that is a preamble. I'm very excited to bring uh, our guest on today. Um uh, you're going to love this guy. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, just to kind of give you a little chronology about an hour ago, and, and this makes no reference to any kind of timing other than just an hour ago, uh, I was on his podcast. Uh, we were uh, you know, having a conversation around this uh, topic of compassion. Um, Nate right, uh, Regeer, Nate Regeer, and, and, and I fumbled here because I was joking with him. I was trying uh, the French pronunciation, uh, but Nate Regeer, is a PhD, and he's also the CEO and founding owner of a firm called Next Element Consulting. And why I want him on the show, why I want to talk to him is that this is a global leadership firm that is absolutely dedicated to bringing compassion into the workplace. And he works with some fascinating people and with some fascinating organizations that you've heard of, Um, but none of that is relevant to what we're gonna be talking about here, which is the work that he and his firm does. They just happen to be uh, in a position to be able to work with some very interesting firms about this. He's got a very strong business background and uh, forming yeah, he's a recovering practicing psychologist. So <laughs> we'll just kind of bring that into the place. And he also works uh, in the you know, social emotional intelligence. And I want to and I want to spend some time looking at the just that amalgam that mix that mashup of social intelligence and emotional intelligence, because there's a whole emerging field, where those two things are actually
1: conspiring to come together. Mm-hmm. So Nate, welcome to the show. Blaine, what a pleasure to be here. I just, I love your work. I love the, um, the inspiration it provides, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, thank you, and thank you for agreeing to be
0: on the show, and, uh, and honestly, I just want to, you know, just real quick aside, say thank you for the, uh, the, the hosting of me on your, uh, your show. Uh, I, you're a wonderful interviewer, and I got a hunch you're going to be an incredibly <laughs> uh, wonderful and in, uh, in,
1: in, enlightening uh, interviewee. So, Well, I hope it's not like when people clap after the introduction, because that's kind of intimidating. I, I mean, if they <laughs> clap at the end, that's fine. But <laughs> it's like, hey, Norm. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, this whole idea of compassion in the workplace. Um
1: how did this, I'm not just going to start with the beginning in my here, how did this become an interest for you? Ah, oh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the timing of our conversation is is really relevant for me. I was I was asked by my alma mater, Bethel College, it's a private liberal arts college here in my town, to come speak at their convocation, which is a student Uh, gathering twice a week and um, so I've been reflecting a lot on my journey and and you know students want to hear about alumni and what they're doing and everything but I I, I've been reflecting on why compassion matters to me and why I care about it so much and I think it, it started I was the son of missionary parents growing up in Africa in the 1970s and 80s and in those days there was a lot of strife in Africa and particularly in the eighties in Southern Africa, I was in Botswana for high school. This was when Nelson Mandela was still in prison and when apartheid was the regime there. So I'm no stranger to conflict. And, but, but yet growing up in a family with a Mennonite background, for those that know about Mennonites, more of a pacifist, non-violence, kind of peace loving people, but being in parts of the world where there's so much, so much strife and conflict. And so compassion really has been kind of the the discovery I've made along the way about how do we reconcile these things how do we find a different way and a lot like the work that you do is is how do we find a different way to approach the things we do that is generative and um uplifting
0: you know you asked me a question and I'm going to turn the tables here um how do you define compassion? Because you know we're, we're using that word, but I think yeah. it's going to be useful yeah, yeah. to actually
1: land it. What, what do we mean by that? Well, I uh, I don't know if it's my personality or the fact that I'm in the business of training and educating, but to me definitions matter, and particularly operational definitions, because I think one thing you and I have in common is is we care about the practice of these things, not just the theory of it or the theology of it, but the actual practice. So for us compassion is the practice of demonstrating that people are valuable capable and responsible in every interaction and so real quick it's there's three parts it's the practice of demonstrating this is a real life thing that we show through our behaviors our attitudes our beliefs about people what is it that we demonstrate well we demonstrate the truth the reality that human beings are valuable capable and responsible not just inherently valuable. I think that's something we focus on a lot in in some of the inclusion work, everybody's valuable. It's like they are, but we're also agentic beings. We are problem solvers. We are creative entities, That's that's capability. And then responsibility means we live in communities. We are connected to each other. And so we are ultimately accountable for our behaviors. And so then the last part of the definition says when, well, every time, every interaction. Um, uh, Doug Conant said, the action is in the interaction, and I'm a a firm believer in that. So our definition involves practice of demonstrating humans are valuable, capable, and responsible in every interaction.
0: The practice of demonstration, I I, I love that distinction, uh, because that was actually, and we talked about this as as well, but the idea of compassion being a behavioral analog to or informing the behavior of conscious, yes. Oh, yes. conscious capitalism. Um, <clears throat> the journey to the soul of business. I mean, and, and I'm going to bring back compassion into this as well as we start uh, kind of opening some doors here. But you know, listeners uh, to the podcast are familiar with this this question. Um, when you hear the term "the soul of business," what does that evoke for you? And let's kind of see where you know what
1: rabbit holes get opened up here. Oh, well, I guess, you know, soul has religious connotations for me because of my upbringing. Um, Although for me, soul is more about something bigger than myself that I'm, that I may be part of or connected to. Um, It's also, I think of soul as something that has life and energy so probably what I would say is when I think of the soul of business, particularly for our business, next element, the soul of business is the energy of it, the what, what is it about our company that's bigger than ourselves, beyond who we are as individuals that will last and have that will connect it to, to things beyond us today and tomorrow. Um, but it's also just the sense, the feeling of it. And um, you know, people that have worked for Next Element, several have said, you know, this is both the most difficult and the most rewarding job I've ever had. And they talk about the soul of next element, what it is. Um, the practice of these things is not easy. Um, and so, so I think there's that connection to that energy that's bigger than who we are. And also is the reason we get up every day, how does that soul get expressed in next
0: element that, you know, and I'm asking this from the perspective of yeah. and can, so this is my own bias. I think that, that that piece, that spark, that 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 thing that is bigger than who we show up as being right now is the absolute kernel to a competitive advantage, if I can put it in traditional marketing terms. That's what makes us unique. And it yeah, and it, yeah. it is potentially what makes us uh, yeah in, in in my language here um, something that I can't not have access to
1: okay so kind of yeah. how does it how does it get expressed for you my um i'll tell you a story about uh, an, a naive immature expression of it because i think i think discovering and experiencing the soul of our business is kind of like spiritual formation my mom is, uh, my mother is, um, is educated in this and she does spiritual formation and works with people around this. Not so much religious, but really how do we come to become mature in this? And one of the earliest stories in 2009, our company was three or four months old and we went to a trade show. And we were young, naive, full of energy. We were gonna take on the world. And we had a booth at this trade show and we did all kinds of different things. But what we noticed is our booth was always full of people. It just attracted people. And we thought, oh, this is great. We're going to get so much business. This is awesome. And as we were driving home from Houston, we realized we really don't have any leads. Uh, we don't really sign any business, but man, we have lots of new friends. And everybody wanted to be around the booth. So we, we asked ourselves, what is this? And what we realized is they, in, in a very raw way, the soul was there. And they were feeling the energy, feeling what it felt like to be around relationships and interactions that lifted people up and with no expectations and so maybe that was our first example of just give you know and don't worry about what comes and we made it we made it through the recession now we've gotten a lot more intentional Um, later I might talk about the three switches of the compassion mindset we've gotten more intentional about what really is this how do you learn it how do you teach it and how do you practice it but I think it's really just about this this attractive energy that people want to be around because they feel more valuable, capable, and responsible afterwards. I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. It's you know, especially like how you, you know, how, how, how do we lift people up without expecting, well, without it being a transaction, how do we lift right. people up without expecting something in return? And that something in return will always occur. You can't not get it. You know, when you're in that, in that uh, dynamic. Um, as you've grown, you know this is 2009. Fast forward, we're 2021, 2022 now. Excuse me,
1: 2022. The soul of business. How have you kept it alive in that yeah. journey? Well, the, the the maturing of our company as we've grown, and and the types of relationships get bigger. Our our scope of responsibility and our sphere of influence grows. Um, a couple of years ago, we got, I, I really felt this, this calling that we really needed to get clear about our highest calling and our mission. And what really are we here for? And that's where we got clear about our mission being to bring more compassion to every workplace. Not just anyone in the world. That's great. We want to. But it's the workplace where we want to change things. A lot like for you, compassionate capitalism is, you know, your belief that compa- ca- capitalism has so much potential and so much energy to change the world if we can transform how it's done. And we feel the same way about compassion in the workplace with leadership. So once we got really clear about what our mission was, we had to think about, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And um, so I think just getting more clear about our purpose, our mission, and being starting to say no to things so that we could get really, really good at the things we wanted to do was, it was hard because, you know, young businesses, small business want to be all things to all people. We never want to turn away anybody that's going to pay the bills. So we made some really difficult and, and scary. I would look back and say courageous decisions to say, we're just not going to do this so that we can do the things that we really care about.
0: What I say, no, is oftentimes more important than what I say yes to. Yeah.
1: That, I don't think the yes you know, means much if you don't say no once in a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because i will, you know, working with clients. Sometimes I will say the quality of your yes is predicated on your willingness and ability to say no. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it, 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 it does to your point, it really keeps in sharp focus. What are we about? You know, what are we really up to here? And if I'm taking all kinds of, yeah, you i know, making all kinds of yeses out there, it gets diffused. You know, there's no, 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 no steady focus, which actually brings up <clears throat> kind of the question of leadership for, uh, for, for what I'm thinking of here in terms of compassion in the workplace is a leadership function or it's a consequence of leadership in the organization. Yeah. Um, how are you positioning that and how do you actually bring that conversation to many who would be steeped in a traditional leadership top down? directive, command, and control
1: model? Yeah, great question. And I think it's, we've we've approached this from a couple angles. One is to work really hard on operationalizing the term. So if people are, if people want to be more compassionate but they don't know how, or they think it's good in theory but they don't know what it means like in practice, we wanna build that bridge. But that doesn't solve all the problems because also just compassion by its very sound in nature, I think often there's a lot of misconceptions around it. So we also have a tall, we have a big educational challenge to help people rethink and reimagine what compassion is in a way that it can connect to their best selves and connect to their existing gifts. And it doesn't seem like something that's maybe for those selfless servant leaders, those Mother Teresas, those Those, you know, philanthropies that have billions of dollars, it's all great if you have the luxury of giving money to everything, but that's not me. So it's connecting compassion to every person every day um, and giving people a place to start. I think that's really important too. Um, Like one of the biggest misconceptions of compassion is that it's empathy in action. Well, if I'm not a particularly empathetic person, I don't really care, then it's not Uh. for me. But the reality is, is there's plenty of non-empathetic people that can make a massive difference in the world with compassion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I love that you bring that up. And, and, and actually, what we're going to do right now here, um, <laughs> put, a, put a marker, I'm going to put stake in the ground here. We're going to come back with that because we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, I want to do uh, you know, spend some time on the conflation that people have because they will conflate empathy and compassion all the time. And it's not necessarily a, you know, a useful right. process. So we'll be right back um, talking to Nate Regeer. And uh, Nate, hang on. We'll be right back. Well, I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu, I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have a, a structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this Mastermind program. So again, go to BlaineBartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind Program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Hello, and welcome back. Um, we're in the middle of a conversation with, uh, or I'm in the middle of a conversation and you're in the middle of listening uh, to Nate Regeer. Um, before we took the, ba- uh, the, the break, <clears throat> yeah, Nate had mentioned something about empathy and compassion and oftentimes how they get conflated. Uh, you know, I've got a biased point of view on that, uh, that I want to you know, kind of espouse here in a moment. <laughs> but, yeah, know, what's, what's the upside and the downside of that conflation, you know, where they yeah, kind of
1: yeah. mesh together? Here's the rub. Here's the rub. So compassion without accountability gets you nowhere. You can't nicey-nice your way through difficult conversations, through big conflicts. I'm a, I'm a recovering psychologist. <laughs> I have spent many years working with victims of domestic violence, very intractable interpersonal situations, and I have yet to meet a victim who has loved their abuser into changing. So- <clears throat> niceness without accountability gets you nowhere and particularly in business, but the opposite is also true. Accountability without compassion gets you alienated. How many leaders that just bring the hammer down all the time think that they got to show everybody who's boss and use fear and intimidation to get what they want. It don't fly anymore. Or like one of my mentors used to say that dog don't hunt anymore in today's economy, people are going to leave. So the opposites are both true, but they're untenable. And so Compassionate accountability is is really recognizing that compassion has a tough side. It does adhere to boundaries. It does lift up the highest ideals and make tough decisions and um, do hard work. And so that's why empathy. We teach empathy as one of nine strategies of compassion. So it's not. It's a subset. It's one of the strategies, but it certainly isn't the full meal. You know the the idea of everybody having intrinsic value.
0: There's something and everything having intrinsic value, not just a person, but everything has intrinsic value. And if that value is being honored, a couple of things I think begin to occur here. And this is where empathy can kind of get us off track. Um, Yeah, when I'm, as a leader, asking people to be all that they can be, there's accountability in that request. And I know they're going to struggle with it. And if I go to empathetically experiencing, oh, isn't that too bad you're going to struggle and I know it's going to be hard and that's going to take some of the charge off of the request and I'm likely to end up with far less than what they or I would like to have, yeah. have seen or, or experienced.
1: Is, is that kind of what you're talking about with you know, this with, with the accountability piece? I am, and you. One of the things I was really inspired hearing you talk about recently was this idea that without co-creation, all we have is compliance, and compliance eventually just devolves into self-interest, and then we're looking for the easy way out. We're looking how to get by. We're looking how not to get caught, and and it's an endless chasing our tails. But co-creation is is really what compassion is all about, and we do a lot of work on conflict and conflict. you know, dealing with conflict. And one of my favorite, favorite um, kind of wise minds on this is Michael Mead. He believes that the purpose of conflict is to create. Yeah, I know you, you live close to him. Um, the purpose of conflict is to create. So compassion is a co-creative process where we use that energy to, to make something amazing. And that's impossible without being in it together. And so leadership that co-creates people give more discretionary energy they tap into more creativity they own they want to be part of that and so then we're not pushing we're walking alongside to 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 heights that we hadn't known before yeah well the whole idea i mean just the epistemology of the word compassion with passion yeah
0: and, yeah yeah and you know, you know the, the Paschko, you know the, the greek word paschal you know and i have talked about this before is you know, there's there's an element of suffering that's involved in it, yeah. but more than that, yeah. You know, and, th- and this is where soul starts to come back in, not from a religious perspective either. It's it has to do with what's that what's that life that wants to emerge and giving. Yeah, and when it begins to move, there's passion in that movement. There's yeah. passion. So co-creating, yeah. compassion with yeah. creating, is you know we're we're tapping into a, a force that is creative in some fundamentally profound ways. And, and, I, and I love the idea that, you, know, that uh, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned here that conflict is the catalyst for creativity. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, if you approach it yeah. effectively, you know, yeah. it's kind of my, my, my butchering of the way that you put that, but it is conflict. I, I don't know any organization or any
1: relationship that is healthy where conflict is not present. Oh, yeah, Yeah. you know, I got to have every major religion, every spiritual um, discipline acknowledges the inherent tension that comes from diversity and everyone acknowledges the beautiful, wonderful purpose of diversity that that we need it. We want it. It's part of it's part of creation. But it causes conflict and so then then all of these disciplines include how do we be with that conflict how do we be with that tension and let it transform us let it change us let us do what it needs to do with us instead of trying to make it go away or trying to squash it or trying to eliminate it and so you know there's so many good disciplines out there meditation compassion a lot of things but it's really all about how to be in that tension while the creative process is happening
0: Which actually brings us up to the three switches of the compassionate mindset. Mm. Um, How do you be
1: in the midst of that? Yeah. and And still hold on to your head. Well, these three switches really are, um, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a discover, It's our most recent discovery. And it, it came long after I wrote my book, Conflict Without Casualties. We, we, we asked ourselves, what is it that facilitates thriving or gets in the way of thriving? And we reviewed all kinds of our research and our experience on working with people in these tough places. And we realized that it all comes down to mindset and it all comes down to whether their mindset switches are turned on or off and we identified three and those are the three identified with this our definition value capability and responsibility and the reason we use the metaphor of switches is because about energy does energy flow or not and when the switches are on the potentially dangerous energy of electricity is stewarded in these amazing ways to create light and heat and warmth and and tv and the olympics and everything else but when the switches are off energy is blocked And things can happen bad so we've identified these three switches and what it looks like when they're on what is the fundamental attitude that you have towards yourself and others. And then what are the behaviors that tap you into that soul and and tie you into that energy, so that it can flow through you and flow with you into those relationships. So what are the three switches. All right. So the switch of value is based on the assumption that human beings are inherently valuable because we exist and we're connected to everything else. When the switch is on, we treat people that way. When the switch is off, we put conditions on value, whatever that means, the way we look, where we come from, how long we've been in the organization, the color of our skin, whatever that is, there's all these things that now become conditional. Um, And so the, the way we keep the switch on is to affirm our experience. You talk about compassion is something you have to feel. You feel your connection to people. So we teach people how to do that, how to experience that connection and validate that human experience. Separate from behavior, we can talk about behavior, but regardless, you're valuable. Uh, the switch of capability accepts the fundamental truth that all human beings are capable of being part of the solution and contributing and co-creating under the right conditions. So when the switch is on, we are constantly looking for those conditions where people can thrive, people can contribute, people can learn and grow. And our failures and our mistakes are things we learn from. When the switch is off, we we see barriers as signs that we shouldn't keep trying. We... We say, you know, I was never cut out for that, or we shouldn't include her in the meeting because she never talks anyways. And we do all of these things that that reduce people's capability. And one of the worst things leaders do is they rescue. They come in giving people solutions instead of walking alongside people to co-discover. And then they create dependence to boost their egos instead of creating capability. The third switch is responsibility. And the fundamental belief is no matter what happened before, I am hundred percent responsible for what I do next. And that is when you accept that, it's a pretty amazing thing, but it's also very freeing. And so when the switch is off, we point fingers, we try to isolate responsibility. Who did that? Why is the kitchen dirty? Oh, it's always me, you know, my bad, um, if it wasn't for so-and-so, but when the switch is on, we always ask, what do I want? And in your words, as a leader, how do I create movement towards that in the most um, uplifting way? I love that. And what I love particularly is that you've taken a real complex
0: issue. And this is how I know you understand it. You've made it simple.
1: <laughs> you've made it, I, lo- I love the metaphor of the switches too. It's either you know, yep. on or off. Uh, you know, I got to show you something. And I'm sorry for the people that are listening to this on audio only. But well, they uh, can this go to the YouTube the... channel and see it. <laughs> oh, look at that. This is I the first that. three. So this is the original. When we came up with this, I ran to the hardware store and bought this and built this thing. And I play with it all the time. And um, it's a physical reminder to me about the switches and where are they? And, and how does my behavior represent that? Um, and so, oh, yeah. great. That's great.
0: So, for those of you that couldn't see it, do go to my YouTube channel, and you will see it. is basically a mock of uh, of uh, three light fixtures uh, switches uh, that have on and off toggles. And we don't have the electricity labels.
1: connected, so you can you can you can do simulations without hurting yourself.
0: Without hurting yourself, great. <laughs> Nate, where, where where can people find out more about the three switches of compassion mindset, and more about
1: what you and uh, the next element consulting are yeah. up for? Thank you. Well, next-element.com is our website. Everything is there. And One of our big initiatives this year for 2022 is we want to give away the three switches. When we discovered it, we, we turned it into some of our IP. We built it into some of our courses, but as people were experiencing it, it was so quickly revelatory and so quickly transformational that we decided it needs to be available to everyone. There has to be no barrier to entry. So this year we're creating a micro course for a phone app called the three switches. And it's going to be available to the entire world for free, 15-minute course. You can you can learn the switches and apply them in your life. Um, and we're designing it to be able to be used personally, to be able to build a foundation for an organization. No matter what other tools you're using, you don't have no strings attached. Um, and you'll be able to learn about that when it's available on our website. It should be within a month or so. Awesome. I love that. And it's nextelementconsulting.com. next
0: element. Next element.com. Okay, perfect. Folks, we've been uh, talking to Nate Regeer, uh, who is the uh, founding co owner and CEO of uh, Next Element. Uh, Check them out. Absolutely. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, kind of looking under the hood a little bit on this three switches. I I, I got a preliminary email the other day uh, that kind of open the door a little bit, and I'm very intrigued. I love the simplicity again. And if, if you want to you know, be part of, or actually lead and run a compassionately capitalistic organization, pay some attention to this, pay some attention. You know, those of you who's got a, a busy monkey mind that is continuously wondering how, 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 yeah, here's here's a partial answer to how. So take him up on the offer. No,
1: so, Nate, thank you very much. I've loved this conversation. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. What a joy to, uh, to. I've, we're doing one of our strategies, which right now, which is to partner, to amplify the message and, of compassion. And thank you for being part of that. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, I am, again, your host, Blaine Bartlett. And you can check out more about what we're up to at blainebartlett.com. You can also, um, you know, like I mentioned on my YouTube, uh, or mentioned my YouTube channel, yeah. All of these uh, podcasts, you're gonna find them on the regular uh, audio channels, but you'll also see uh, the video on uh, the YouTube channel. So check out Blaine Bartlett on YouTube and uh, enjoy yourself. Grab a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> Got some pretty good stuff here. Folks, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.